Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, okay, listen now for the click track, everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh, track one. Take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome back to Before the Encore with me, Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan here bringing you the best of the music industry behind the scenes of the artists. We're talking to producers, we're talking to mix engineers, we're talking to artist managers, we're talking to studio managers, we're talking to absolutely everybody. Um, hoping to pull back the curtain on what is a, you know, not so spoken about part of the industry, um, which to me is, <clears throat> excuse me, which to me is a shame because... I think knowledge is power and the more we share and um, the more we all collectively learn together. So that's the aim of Before the Encore, if you haven't joined us before today. Um, and thanks very much for joining back in. Sorry about the delay in this getting out. This should have been out last Monday, the last um, the last Monday of February. But unfortunately, I was uh, I was away and I was playing catch up. So um, I didn't have the time to put this together. And some schedule clashes and stuff as well meant that um, I couldn't sit down and, and chat um and chat with Cormac and uh, the you know the interview of today's podcast Cormac Butler um, <clears throat> my fellow producer and my uh, my studio colleague we share a studio together um I've had the pleasure of working beside him for seven years um which feels absolutely surreal to be saying that we've been working together for seven years um or at least been working in kind of you know in the same space for for that long um, it just feel, it does feel a bit bizarre, but um, we've had many chats ourselves just in the studio. Anytime we've we've uh, had the time to to you know take a couple of minutes here and there and just talk about um, you know what we're up to, what we're doing, um, new techniques, stuff like that. Um, and I'm really really glad to be able to share that with you guys now today um, for this month's before the encore. 
bit of background on Cormac Butler. Cormac Butler is a producer. Um, he's signed to Faction Records, works with the likes of James Vince McMorrow. Um, he has worked with Circa Richardson, All Twins, Levengro, The Academic. Um, there's a million and one bands he's been involved in working with over the course of you know, his time as a producer. Anyone who has worked alongside Cormac can vouch for how personable he is, how uh, easy to be around he is how fu- he's, he's great crack as well um, and it, I think it really translates but there's also a lot of um, I think there's a lot of important things we talk about here in this episode as well so there's a lot going on but and it is a long episode but like I say before you know any of my lengthy episodes I think do hold their own and I think they are worth worth their length in, in value so Please don't be don't be turned off by the length of the episode, but I I do think this is a great one, particularly for any aspiring producers or mix engineers. I think uh, there's a lot of insight in here, and I really enjoyed getting to put one of our one of our chats on record for a change, as opposed to it staying in the four walls of our studio. There's not much more I can say other than I really uh, hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed sitting down to record it. And anytime I I chat to Cormac, I do always feel refreshed and you know I always seem to come away with another bit of information so um, I certainly hope that that is the case for anyone who has listened to this episode um, so without any more delay this is Before the Encore with Cormac Are you ready to go? Hello. Thanks for sitting down with me. No problem. Anytime. They get to listen to our uh, shy talk now on mic. Yes. There's plenty of it off mic. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for coming in no um, on the day of Choice Prize 2020, 2021. It's Choice Prize 2021. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's from last year. They work yeah. a year behind. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so congratulations. You have a song up tonight. I have a song up tonight, yeah. Um, who the winner is will be determined after this podcast recording so we'll say no more on that fact for the moment fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah Um, we'll see how things go but um, you are a producer you're a mix engineer you're a musician you're a bit of a jack of all trades master of all trades (laughs) Um, I certainly learn a lot and have learned a lot from working in the studio with you over the past what is it six or seven years now or something like that it's absolutely a yeah. long time yeah, um, yeah I remember the first time I came in here it was because of Matt uh, Winston our other studio colleague myself and my bandmate at the time Chris we were like preparing for I can't remember if it was a gig in the Grand Social I think it might have been a gig in the Grand Social and we yeah. hadn't got a sample pad and you oh, had yeah. a sample pad yeah SPD. Uh, the SPD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you let us borrow the sample pad. So Absolutely, we were rehearsing yeah. in here and stuff and it was great. Um, so that was my I first... I remember that, yeah. It was my first time in here. Like, it was yeah, yeah. mad to think that ever since then I got my belt loop caught in the door so I couldn't actually leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's great. But it's been great. Yeah, it has. It's been phenomenal. It's been such a, an interesting journey and like we've... 
like you've seen between the two of us, like the amount of acts that have come in and out of place, and just the the crack that you have in this room is yes is great yeah. um, as well. And um, I suppose I'd like to go into your history a little bit first. Sure, I know that you've always played music, <coughs> and you've yeah. always kind of had a guitar on your back. Um, yeah. Full disclosure: we've recorded this before. <laughs> this is like a new updated version of um, of this chat. Yeah, why because, not? Because it was, we, we did it at like the height of a second lockdown or the height of a third lockdown or something and it was just, yeah. it, it's very, it was very dated. <laughs> so yeah, I, could, yeah. I could have easily put it out, but I said, no, I'd, I'd rather just revisit some stuff um, because yeah. now there's, there's a lot more happening. around here. Yeah, but there's a lot more happening now, I a think. A lot, I'm busier than I've ever been, last probably two yeah. months. And tell me what you're up to. Months. At the minute, um, well, I just finished... Um, a album with Gavin James. Well, I've done about five tracks. Great. Uh, so that's been so much fun. Um, and is that production only, or is that co-writing as well? Production or? only. So okay. I've done five songs that were written. I think four were co-written with Mark Prendergast from Codeline. Codeline, yeah. And um, so we had a blast doing doing that production mm-hmm. in here, and some in London. You're uh, in Rack. Were you, is it Rack Studios? We're in Rack Studios in London, which was cool. We yeah. did some. Uh, Grand piano there and some vocals on the Sony mic. This what's it called? The C, C something. The C eight hundred thousand, I think. Yeah. Big black, black one with a big, a cooler bit on the back. D microphone. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. Um, so we did some of that. We had a great time in London. Uh, so yeah, three of us had a great time, and that's currently finished. I think they're all mixed now. Great and mastered. Um. We've been working with some guys. Dan Grek has been doing a couple of the singles, I think. And yeah, they're sounding great. So hopefully that album will be out in the summer. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's that one. And then I've been doing some bits here and there, some Roshino stuff recently. The three songs for that album uh, with Roshin and Danny. So that was a blast. Mm. And then, yeah, I had another project, which is something different. The... Um, Myself and Ken, my manager, we took on a project for Universal, which is a a, a poetry album, mm. Patrick Kavanagh. Uh, so Patrick Kavanagh did his own album of a lot of his poetry, I think it must have been the 70s or could have been in the 60s. Anyway, it came out on vinyl and stuff uh, on Clada Records. Clada, yeah, I was going to say so, it was part of Clada, wasn't it? Yeah, so Universal have taken that now and they're doing a project. And um, yeah, there's lots of kind of actors and celebrities uh, redoing that album and uh, I had the task of putting the music behind it so I also did that uh, last couple of months and that's wrapped up too so yeah it's been busy and other I'm doing other stuff all the time but uh, I have some stuff out with Lavengro a new single out last week um, band from Derry um, yeah lots lots happening I'm you busy. never stop Never stop. Yeah, and in between yeah. it all, you gig. I do, yeah. yeah. As part of Arthur, is the band's name, right? Wedding band? Yeah, Arthur, with my mates. And I at the was. moment, you're prepping to be in the band for James Vince McMorrow's Emo and Indie Night, I believe. Yes, I am. It's brilliant. Rehearsals yeah. are going well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two nights, uh, an Indie Night uh, next Thursday, the 10th of March, and Friday the 11th is the Emo Night. Emo Night. So that's cool. That's yeah. got my heart. I'll be heading along to the emo night one. Absolutely, it's going to be great. It's going to be good fun. Um, So, 
yeah, will this podcast be out now? Oh, well, yeah. It. Yeah, it's coming there's out on Monday. Few, the Indie Night sold out, uh, but there's still a few tickets uh, for the Friday night, the emo night. So Brilliant. It's going to be great. Yeah, so, like, you've got your... You're spinning a lot of plates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what you'd... Now, forgive me if I am misspeaking and saying this, Go but ahead. I think you... Would you consider yourself a producer foremost? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what led you to that? What led you to there? Like, how did you get from, you know, I know you from mm-hmm. playing in a band, Alex and Echoes, back in the day. Sure, yeah. Um, like, yeah. I know you were doing the production there, and yeah. I know that, like, maybe it felt like a natural step, but, like, how did it, how did it really click that you wanted to remove yourself from the band scenario, like the yeah. actual being the artist yes. and then placing yourself to work with others because I found that, tra- like, I can pinpoint where I fell in love with the studio work, but yeah. I can't necessarily pick out where I stopped wanting to be the artist and do yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've had times of pinpointing. I guess... I liked doing that stuff, but I, I never felt completely comfortable as an artist. I do like gigging now, and I still do that, like I said, but um, just being an artist and especially the social media aspect and all that stuff, it doesn't vibe with me. Even now, I don't use social media as much as a lot of other, even people in my line of work of production and songwriting stuff. Uh, but I don't have to. Like, if I, as an artist, you have to stay on top of it and that stuff never vibed to me at all on that aspect of it. And, the, you know, the, yeah, the attention. <laughs> I like being in the background, kind <laughs> of. But I like gigging because, I don't know, I'm good at that. But <laughs> Is it like, uh, I feel like, for me, I have start, I started doing some DJ sets yes. uh, yeah, at the end good. of 2021 and, like, at the start of 2022, I did some stuff in the Guinness Storehouse. Um, but... Like, for me, I, I'd done that when I was a teenager. Like, I'd mm. just kind of messed around with some, like, virtual DJ crap. And, like, I never really yeah. had the money for equipment. So I was always kind of, like, just doing stuff with a mouse or whatever. Yes. But it always felt like, to me, doing that was just something fun. Yeah. Like a catharsis or something, almost. Yeah. Is that what gigging is to you on the back of production? Is it maybe something like that, where it's, like, that release of that part of you that's always going to be there, I yeah, think. Yeah, because, yeah, like I said, I'm a musician first. Yeah. And then production came later you know mm. so yeah i just love i love playing gigs but i don't like being an artist yeah essentially uh just didn't vibe with it it's just too much work <laughs> no not work i just yeah it's not for me i know you what know? you mean there's a lot that comes with being yeah. an artist there's like a very there's like there's a ma- there is a massive workload like yeah. it is a massive workload um and it's like an identity almost as well. Yeah. And I, uh, that was something I kind of found difficult to yeah. relate to because you're like moving away from who you are a little bit. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, I feel like with production for me, mm. you can really impart yourself and who yeah, you are yeah. genuinely as That's opposed it. to like who you can be as an artist, which is like you're almost like trying to move entirely away from that. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I like being myself, and I just like, I don't change who I am at all in here, you know? Yeah. I've seen that exactly. as well, I can attest to it. Uh, yeah, that. I'm exactly the same, goofy, fucking whatever, but like, you know, yeah, I think as an artist, yeah, you'd have to put on whatever, but yeah, 
I don't. I'm just me, and that's cool. Um, and I, I just love it. But I always love, like, even when I, I was doing Alex Neckos, I, I preferred, I love being in the studio and stuff. And then we started gigging, which was great. We had some, like, big gigs and you stuff. We did the RDS, Chainsmokers. Yeah, think, we you? did that. And that was great. Like, don't get me wrong, but I, I just, yeah. I just wasn't feeling it as an artist, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think, To like, pursue it as much as well. I, I, it was a natural progression, I think, to just do all the studio stuff, the production, the songwriting. Yeah. And, yeah. when like, you already had this place at that time when you kind of yes, moved, yes, you moved yeah. in because like, mm. I remember it was during the time of Alex and Echoes that, that we first met. That you, yeah. That you first, like, I suppose that Matt first introduced yes. us. Um, and when it came to finding and sourcing a space, um, it's no secret that our space is up for sale right now. And the property market isn't obviously the best. I'm not trying to turn this into something that mm. it's not, it's not a political thing. I'm just, it's, yeah. it's just a statement of fact. Um, you know, it's a very different landscape to looking for a place now than it was back then. But what... It was always very hard. It's yeah, I was going to say, what was the process like back then? Because I wasn't, invo- I wasn't involved at that point. I'd like to just kind of... There's no process. Like, you know, I kind of found this by luck. I was looking for a while. It's very hard to find somewhere where you can rent and make a lot of noise and do whatever you want. It's mm. very hard. And for people to take you seriously and go like, you know, if you want to rent a commercial space and they go, well, well, what's the crack? And you're like, oh, you know, I make music or, you know, I write songs. And they're like, they're not going to take you seriously. (laughs) Unfortunately, like, they're like, whatever. And you want to make a load of noise? I don't think so. It's very hard to find a space, you know? Yeah. Unless you're like living in the country, which is not ideal. You want to be, you want to be in the, near the city or whatever, wherever you are. Yeah. You know, um. So it's very hard, yeah. Yeah, I think I found this place by luck. But again, I think that's like it. It's, it was so fortunate um, yeah. that I this this was a place that you know was able to be used, yeah. and um, we were able to, like you said, make noise and you know strip walls and yeah, <laughs> you know, put up soundproof and all the rest of it. I think the way it was, I would have found somewhere either way, you know, yeah. at some stage, you know. But it took me a while. It took me a long time. Mm. you know um, I was making music in my bedroom you know before that uh, but yeah I think now I I think if I was looking for a place now I would have less trouble just because of the credentials you know it's, it's, <laughs> so goes, it, I'm not just it? a guy going I want to make music I'm like well look here this backs me up look what I've done blah yeah. blah blah you know and people go oh, I've heard that song on the radio so <laughs> right maybe I'll take him seriously you know Yeah. so I think that would help same um, with yourself. Did you find that a struggle at the start with the lack of credentials and like trying to get work? Like how was how was that process for you? Because yeah. for me, I found that like right now I'm in a position as a producer where people are coming to me. Yes. Um, which is extremely fortunate. I'm so grateful that mm. like I'm here. But I did work hard to get here. Yes. Um but at the start that's not the case. People aren't coming to you fresh off the street when you're just yeah. after leaving a band that no one's really ever heard of, you know. Yeah, um, but in my personal opinion, yeah. I know Alex and Echoes had a bit more of a bit more traction than than uh, my band yeah, did. Yeah, I suppose I would have got some. I I would have been approached from that. Yeah, you know, we had some st- stuff on the radio and people people were listening. And but yeah, I don't know, man. I never. I'm a funny one. I don't. I tended even at that stage not to like 
push. Like, it just kind of naturally happened. Stuff stuff just came in. Mm. It naturally happened. I was never like, you know, emailing people constantly trying to get work and stuff. And it just slowly happened for me that way where I got work. And I also have a great, great management team who, you know, have got me some great work over the years that kind of, it all snowballs, you know, that yeah. way. I like some work here and there and then some that leads to stuff. a bigger team yeah, it's this it's just the best way to get work I think you know that as well like you yeah know, definitely because people listen when you have something on the radio and go who did that you know but it also helps you develop a craft I think as well yeah. because it's like you're getting work off the back of the merit of the previous yeah so it's like um with me you know starting to work with Nilo the yeah. ra- as a rap artist I get yeah. a reputation then for being good at that genre yeah. and that's good then because I can refine that too and, and you are good he's very good <laughs> people he's very good you said, you said it there now you said it not me I didn't hold up a, any kind of sign to, <laughs> to show him that at all um, yeah. but no like it, it, it and it'd be the same for you because like you would do a lot of kind of pop stuff you do a lot of acoustic drums a lot of like proper yeah, instru- yeah. like live instruments all yeah, the rest of it yeah. um, you do plenty of that so like yeah. obviously that you know, lent itself well to you stepping up to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. And how, like, and the gigs that you're getting, you know. And again, it's just like some natural progression for me where I'm like, I like doing pop stuff and I've done it. And but I fell into doing a mixture, but I've done like, I started doing indie bands, you know, I've done mm. the academic and, uh, and that's natural because I just, I played in bands for a long time and just like, it's it's a natural progression again because I like doing live drums and live instruments and stuff and then mixing that with the pop stuff. It's yeah. Sorry, did you have a question? No, not at all. Not at all. That was that was perfect. <laughs> but, yeah. So like that's a natural progression though. Like you're moving from yeah the pop world into the indie world because everything is kind of like leaning towards that. I find like there's a like with so many. You know, of like that element of indie, it's it, it yeah. that fears a little bit towards the pop side. Yeah, whereas, it is. like, that's the stuff I'm doing. You yeah, know? and yeah. then there's the flip side of the coin, which would be like, you know, the other stuff with the likes of I don't know, like the Love Buzz or, mm. um, you know, those kind of bands who are veering more towards the Fontaine's DC side, yeah. which is darker, a bit yeah. more gritty, yeah. not necessarily you know not necessarily exactly like Fontaine's DC but it's just yeah. like almost like countercultural. it's like moving yeah, yeah, towards yeah. the moving towards the the, uh, the flip side of the coin you know yeah um, is that something you'd like to work on at some point do you think or yes I think so yeah I'd like to work with like more bands I'd love to do a full album with a band like in a like in a big studio or something for like you just go to a, somewhere like Grouse Lodge for like two months to do a full like indie record or something like that even something a bit heavier I'd love to do something I don't know <laughs> heavier band any heavier bands out there uh, I think you'd be really good at that yeah I could definitely do it I feel like I could do it now and I, 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 I'd be interested but uh, yeah I've got working on an All Twins EP at the minute which is really rocking like class yeah so it's like all full on uh, live drums and fucking heavy guitars, guitar solos. Lars just shredding it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're gonna something we started like I think maybe even before 
COVID stuff. But, I think, yeah, probably, right? But, because uh, I remember the two boys being in here. Yeah, but we have it. Like, it's 90% done now. We just, we weren't, we weren't working on it the whole time. <laughs> we stopped working on it and then we, we came back to it. So uh, I think I'm really, really happy with that, how that sounds. So, And that's a bit bit heavier than maybe the, some of the stuff they've been doing recently. So. Ass. Which I love. Riffs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, with management, you mentioned management. Yes. Um, you are affiliated with Faction Records. Yes. Um, tell me how that relationship began. That came again through Alex and Echo. So we signed to them as a as an act back, you know, five years ago. Um, and then once that sort of, uh, you know, uh, fizzled out, I guess, uh, we I just kept working with the boys because we just have a great relationship. So Kev and Michael and Kev and Ken, sorry. Did I say Ken? Ken, Kev, and Michael. Yeah. They're the boys there. And now more recently, Anya is uh, working with them. Uh, and yeah, couldn't ask for a better team. They're brilliant. Like, they just look after me. Especially when I'm working with bigger acts and dealing with labels and stuff because it's easy to get, you know, overwhelmed with stuff like that on your own, I, I find. And uh, they really look after me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they can kind of go, you know, say with a contract and go, well, look, they can push back on stuff and it's it's great. They really helped me out with stuff and getting me work and introduce me to people who I might never meet and otherwise, you know, artists. And uh, yeah, we just have a great, great relationship. Just a great bunch of lads. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Here we are now, all the lads. Yeah, all the lads. Now, in fairness, I've heard nothing but great things. Um, yes. I, I've, I've only met Kev and yep. that was like, such a pleasant experience like I very, mu- very much man. enjoyed yeah he's a great friend of mine yeah, yeah. meeting Kev and uh, you can tell like you can, like if that's the if those are the people that you're like if you can kind of equate yes. Mick and Ken to that yes. then like that's it's clearly a very personable operation that they're running because like yes. I can't like and, and knowing you as well like mm-hmm. you're an extremely personable person so like having yes. all <laughs> having all of that together is must be must just make life massively easy for everybody like especially you as the person who is you know getting to work through the label and yeah. like you said you're meeting bigger artists and stuff like that and they're helping yeah. you navigate everything it's like being explained to you in plain english yeah just like because i've i've fairly good grasp on like music business stuff but just like i feel like these big labels are just out to get you every turn <laughs> you know even as a like I can't imagine what it's like as an artist, you know, but like just as a producer, like, you know, it's you have to have your wits about you and it's good to have people who, mm. who look after you as well. What um other challenges have you seen as a producer? Not necessarily on major labels or anything yeah. like that, but just generally. Generally, uh time management stuff, working for yourself is a big big thing for me. Mm. You know, meeting deadlines and stuff. Just uh you know, because I think when you're, you, I'm sure you have this as well, like, you can't just put a finite amount of time on a piece of work. No, I think that's know? like almost counterproductive. Yeah, you um, can't do that. I was only like, um, I had uh, Melina Malone in for a session yesterday and Brilliant, she, yeah. she's working on a record at the moment and Brilliant. she was kind of saying that she had originally imposed the timeline on the record, but then just was like, you know, yeah. why, you, you know, yeah. and I think that's, was a great decision 
personally, because I've seen, like, you, you find that when you rush things, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's music, if it's fucking cleaning the gaff, like, mm. if you rush, if you rush something, it's not the, the end product is never to a hundred and ten percent the way you would like it to be because yeah. there's corners that you're gonna cut if you're working to time pressures, particularly if you're imposing deadlines and stuff on yourself. Yeah. I think that when you're in the creation of yeah. music and stuff like that, it's it it is counterproductive to do that. And I th- like I try and avoid it where possible. Yeah, I try and keep things as open ended. Yeah, I think it can be good sometimes. Um, I recently did three songs with Roche, you know, and we did them all in one week. Drums, like live drums, bass, all this stuff. Mm. And that was great. Now, the thing, the songs were written, so, you know, that you take that out of the go- question. I was just going to ask you, you that know, then. That was literally production to go in, get them all done, and still creative, of course, but, yeah. like, songs were written, they're all demoed up, so. But uh, I quite enjoyed that. We just did, like, a full week of, like, 12-hour days, yeah. like... And we smashed it out, and that was that was fun. I like doing that. See, know? that to me is fine. Yeah, it's. But I'm more uh, referring to like the creation process. hundred oh, percent. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I just think that's. Yeah. I I would say it's silly to do that, but like it, it might make sense. Yeah. In certain contexts, so I could, yeah. like I'm not going to say that. Um, yeah, but no, you're right. Like I think, I don't know. I feel like at the creative stage of anything. Hmm. It's important to be as open ended. Like it's done when it's done, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. You don't know when you're going to get that inspiration, you know. No, it's hard to force it. But this, yeah, I'm between two minds all the time, you know. Because yeah. I'm also of the opinion that you should come in and just like do it, and it just you like you know, say you go, I'm going to come in and just like try and write a beat or you know, like write a song or whatever. If you come in every day and do it, like you will. Create and one day, you know, you're talking about you force thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you might not get it today, but you show up and do it. You'll you'll get something, or you'll learn something, yeah. or you'll you'll spark something. So I, I'm really kind of of that opinion too. Of yeah. Just show up and really put the work in. Yeah. Uh, when you're trying to do something creative, like when I'm working on that the, the poetry album, you know, like I didn't I didn't necessarily want to come in every day and do it, but I did it and. That works for me as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. that to me would be more discipline than, yeah, like time pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's like to have that discipline is obviously so important. You know, it's, yeah. it's, um, and as a producer and yeah. someone who's like a mix engineer as well, and you're playing in bands, that must be yeah. like a difficult balance to strike sometimes. Yeah. yeah I've had that problem oh, yeah, before. I feel like I'm so busy right now and I'm somehow I'm kind of, I'm on it, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not always like, you know, yeah. you've seen me in here wrecked. Oh my God, you know? yeah. I'll never, uh, I'll actually never forget. You look like a shelly or something. <laughs> yeah. So I came in here, oh my God, it was like, I feel like it was Christmas two years ago, like 2019 or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, I came in and <laughs> the only way I can describe it is <laughs> you were like hunched over like Quasimodo over the desk. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lem sip in your hand uh, and your like the bags under your eyes were resting yeah, on the man. desk it was yeah. like and it was just I think it was purely because of the amount of like gigging you were doing as well as yeah. all of the studio work so you didn't, work and just didn't have like, time, you didn't have time to have a rest because you don't have weekends really with the gigging you know no and uh, like 
but that's the thing you learn from your mistakes and uh, I don't know it's just a matter of you know saying no to things as well sometimes saying I just I don't have time to do that yeah. I don't have time even though it's something you might want to do or you might want the money or you might you know but just being more just clever about what you take on bit of integrity in that as well you know I think there's like a certain amount of like personal value that you can put on saying no sometimes yes. and I think like yeah. as Irish people were ingrained to be people pleasers all yeah, the time it's tough. I've got and that it's, trait it's sure. hard it's hard because yeah. I'm like that too and I'll take I will take on way more than I can chew yeah to like not two yeah. weeks ago I was skiing in France and I decided to tackle a slope way earlier than I could <laughs> and I ended up like nearly giving myself a concussion at 60 kilometers an hour do you know what I mean so like and it That's was indicative uh, of your uh, but it was <laughs> <laughs> of my, fu- of my fucking your... injury <laughs> no um, my, like I just think that was such a a symptom of like me wanting to do that was a symptom of me wanting to like not say no yeah, yeah. even though I knew or, like oh, I was kind of fucking hurt myself or there someone you else go, you know yeah. and that was irresponsible so like using that as an analogy I think yeah. like it can be, because because what you're doing is you're putting other people's work in your hands too mm. and in a way if like if there's something that you like this is me personally now and I I, I feel like you'll agree but yeah. if you can't add like if I feel personally like I can't add the value yeah. in the places that need value yeah. added yeah or in the places that the value, like the value addition is being asked of me, yeah. that's when it's important to say no, because you're putting that person's work at jeopardy then. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're kind of at the mercy of you having to do your thing and then you're letting people down. And yeah. it's hard to strike that balance sometimes. Yeah. And it, it early, I found, I don't think i necessarily did that and i don't think i have any concrete examples but i was always conscious of it conscious of it i think less i'm more conscious of it now than i was then yeah you know i'd be so conscious of it and that's why i'd be so burnt out because i would not let someone down like that i would put every bit like of you know effort into making whatever record Mm -hmm. it is as, as good as i can but every like every tiniest detail and you're the same like so so you're conscious of that so you wouldn't I don't think you would now, let the work fail. You see, yeah, now like suffer. Uh, I mean, I think the like part the part of the problem for me was the fact that I was working nine to five as well, Monday to Friday. It's rough, man. Um, so I had to. I did that for as well. I was working yeah. in Walton's. It's hard to yeah. strike. It, like striking that balance is extremely difficult because you want to spend the time doing the thing that you love, which mm. is this is yeah. producing music, writing songs, yeah. playing gigs, like doing mm. uh, doing your creative discipline because when you get something out of that, it's like, it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Um, when you were navigating that yourself, yeah. um, how was that change for you? And like, what catalyzed it? Like, what was the moment where you said, I have to, do, I'm doing, I'm going to do this full time now. This is my, this is what I have to do. 
I'm not sure. I think I always knew that I was gonna, but it was just a fact of like, how am I gonna make money? <laughs> so like, it's it's a tough cliff to jump off, and I think you know it's great for you that you're kind of you've jumped off that cliff now as well, where you kind of go. It's scary, but like I think once you put then more work, you're gonna make more money at your production once you're doing it full time. You know, mm-hmm. like but it's just that steady income is hard to, and I think that's a hard part of what we're doing as well you know like you're not going to get one paycheck every month you know you might you might make the same amount of money but like but it's 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 more sporadic it's tough because you have to like make sure you 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 know you don't spend all your money because you might be waiting on an invoice for two weeks and not naming any names (laughs) but uh (laughs) (laughs) you know who you are no I'm joking I'm only joking everybody pays me on time uh where was I? <laughs> but yeah, you have to, you know, manage your money well and stuff. And uh, but like the only way to make more money is to quit the day job, you know. Yeah, but, see, uh, that was that was where it was for me. Yeah, it was like I'm at the point now where I can't take on more work because yeah. I've got too there's too much of a time restraint yeah. on this other thing. Yeah. And the only way I'm going to figure out if I'm going, it's going to be a viable thing for me is if I allocate more time to working yeah. in the studio and you know making music with people and doing sessions exactly. and you know and then I will be able to see yeah. and look at least be able to say I gave it a go if 100%. nothing else and like seeing well, you no doubt it'll work but, out for you but like seeing you do it yeah. it was like was great for me as well and like having a peer yeah. in the same studio as well yeah. which is like is such a great atmosphere in here like I have to say and like Definitely, definitely biased, but I think that anyone who's set foot in here would would agree. Um, yeah, I I think so. Yeah, just I think it's it's all about like the room. There's something I've had like people say there's something about this room. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wonder is it was it there or did we create that? You know, no, I think the, I think there's something to do with us in there. We've made a lot of records in here, a lot of records. You know, a lot yeah. of stuff that you're hearing on the radio from me and from you. Yeah made in this little spot so I don't know I think we made the vibe did we I th- yeah no I definitely think we did and I think taking the time to rebuild in 2020 was yeah exactly was a great yeah. was a great um, this is looking good was a great thing to do and like not that not that the place was a kit beforehand it wasn't like it was perfectly functional and it was yeah. it was grand there was nothing wrong with it like had furniture had all the instruments had everything but we really just spent the time making it like our studio our yeah. studio and right. like the studio that we are in now and like I, I don't know I love it here like it's just mm. it's so nice to be here and you know I'm hearing that from anyone who sets foot in the place and it's so lovely to hear that the fruits of your labour are that well received and that it's generating the, it's like it, I suppose not generating but it's encouraging that creativity yeah. in those people who do come in. Yeah, know? exactly. It's it's great because it's kind of, it's down the lane. Like anyone who's been here knows, it's funny, you don't expect it to come all the way down the lane and then you go in and it's just really, it's kind of secluded, but in the middle of Dublin 6. like Yeah, it's totally, totally on its own. Like, you I, don't I've get had disturbed in here. So many people cool. like say, is it, is it not attached? To anything, it's not attached to not the attached buildings to, here. Not no, attached to anything. Completely, you know, detached. You can make a lot of noise. No one disturbs you. No one comes down the lane. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. Like, Neighbors are pretty sound. 
Neighbours are great, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good time and um, we certainly have no plans to leave anytime soon. But I don't think so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things pan out. <laughs> um, mixing. Yes. I want to talk about mixing. Yeah. Because I've recently started to do more of it yeah. in the last kind of 12 months I've started mixing a lot more records yeah. and I've become a lot more confident with mixing records yeah um, it's something I fell into I think it's something that you fell into I as well I fell yeah I, fl- I flipped over I fell I slipped into a crack <laughs> and just started mixing stuff I guess I was just doing stuff and the stuff I was doing myself sounded good yeah people were like oh you can mix and I'm like not really I never wanted to be a mix engineer really mm. uh, I always felt like it was a separate profession like i think know? it is it is but like <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't know how i started doing that yeah well i'm the same like it just i don't know like i i i do enjoy it because yeah. there's like a another element of creativity that you can impart on someone else's music without yeah. necessarily touching any of the elements that are already there or yeah. you know stripping any of them away or whatever but it's just like creating those intensities where they need to be created and yeah. Stuff like that, and I love that. I really do. Yeah, um, what to you is your favorite part of the process when it's finished? <laughs> I know, why are you joking? I love. I like when something's just well produced, and I get stems. I drop them in, and I just like. I like get in maybe early. I like coming in early. I'll spend like a couple of hours, and like it'll just pass by, and just like getting stuff where I want it to be, drums, bass, instruments, then start, like, unmuting the vocals and stuff. Just that initial couple of hours where I just go in and just, like, because I don't, it's it's funny, like, I just don't feel the time go by. I do enjoy that. Yeah. But I hate doing mix revisions. <laughs> it's like I get excited about doing the first mix, and I'm like, really, I'm happy with this. Yeah. And then when I get the mix revisions back, I'm like, I'm bored of it now. I don't want to go back in and <laughs> do these. It, that's just so like rudimentary. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kind of have this love hate thing with mixing because I do enjoy it and I'm real nerd for it. I like watch all the mix mix with the masters. I've only videos. started like and, really like, watching them and like Pensado's place and stuff. Pensado, we love Pensado here. Yeah. Uh, like I love that stuff. And I'm real nerd for it, but I just. I think mixing is hard, man. It's hard. It is. And, but I've been doing more and I've been, yeah, I've been getting, definitely getting better. Um, but like, it's funny. I never really wanted to do it, but like I said, love, hate. I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I find it more stressful or something. Would you prefer mixing the record that you've done, that you've like produced and written, or would you prefer someone just handing you the bits to do? That's like totally outside of your world I think that's a tough question for me but I think mixing someone else's production if it's good so I recently mixed something for an artist called Marcus Mm. and it's produced in the clinic um, studios by David Mm. and he just gave me the stems and it sounded so good um, already I just really enjoyed mixing that record and uh, it sounds brilliant but it already sounded so great you know I was just kind of going where can I kind of enhance this here and there and um, that was a real pleasure to mix you know Yeah. but uh, sometimes yeah it's tough to mix your own stuff sometimes because you just you're too in it 
Mm. Like I'm mixing stuff. I mixed the latest Levengro single that I produced and did some co-write. So it's like it's so you're t- right, you're, you're so involved in the co- close to it. Like you know, you're you're involved in the creative part of it, writing some stuff, and then you're producing, recording every instrument, every single part. And then it's like right now I have to mix it. You have to try and kind of come from a different it's hard perspective. To d- isn't it really I hard wish to I could detach. forget the song, you know, the thing yeah. from Men in Black and go bang. Yeah. You didn't do this and just come at it fresh. I think I would probably do a better mix. Now I'm happy with it. It's on, I'm hearing on the radio. It's it's weird. I don't know if you get this, but I'm just like I'm very tough on myself. And I think it's weird, you know? Until I take some space and maybe hear something in a different context like that, and I go, "All right, it's playing the radio there." And I, that sounds—if I heard that, I would go, "Oh, that's mixed well." But I don't think it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm so in it, and I just don't get it anymore. I'm just like, it's hard. It's, like it's an arbitrary thing. It's yeah. like I don't see it as a song anymore. It's hard. it's so hard. I don't know, man. It is. It's like when you're. It's like when you mix for too long, even if it's not your song, or like if you're if you're so close to something like that. Yeah all of the frequencies just start to sound the same and it's yes. like this you, you just get this kind of dull home of uh, you really have to take space from oh it. Like, my god like just don't do it for like five hours you know do two hours at a time and do it again the next day that's why you need time as well I think we're yeah. mixing I like to do a quick pass when I say quick it's a couple of hours if it's the first yeah you know and then leave it I, ideally I'd leave it for like a week but you don't always have that luxury yeah. you know you need deadlines and stuff but I, uh, I usually leave it overnight if I bounce like yeah. if I bounce something out I don't listen to it yeah or I don't s- I won't send the first one either usually I'll do like a mix and I'm like I'm pretty happy with that but I'll, I'll listen then tomorrow morning in the car or whatever and uh, then I'll do like a few tweaks and send that's yeah that's, that's usually the way process. I would do it yeah. Um, I would make sure that like I'm happy at the first point yeah Finish the like finish off the session. Yeah. Usually it's in the evening, and I'll bounce it out. Um, so like have my audio file there of the, yeah, of the session, yes, of the mix. I'll li- I'll leave it for a day. Go back yeah. to it the next day, yeah. or a couple hours later, or yeah. whatever. And it, might, it might be fine. It might be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, it might be grand. And if that's the case, then I send it off. If yeah. it's not to my liking, or if there's something that just needs a small tweak, yeah, a couple of frequencies that need to be ducked yeah. here, there, everywhere, um, just. Make those changes, then send it off. Yeah, that's it. I'm getting less brushes. I'm trusting myself a little bit more, I think, recently. Yeah, me too. I used to obsess. I'd do a mix and I'd be like worried, but oh, I'm not going to send it yet until it's perfect. Now I do a mix and I'm like, it's feeling good and I'll send it and see what the artist says and go, they might love it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I used to like really obsess. I'm trying not to do that anymore. Mm. Trust the process a bit more. Yeah, trust yourself. Trust myself, trust my gut and... Um, that's what people yeah. come to you for yeah as, that's it as, uh, as that in that role you know it be good if people are asking you to do them you know like yeah. I've done some really cool stuff lately and I've been mixing a, I've been mixing mixing a, a good bit because mm. it's great it's something you can do I like working by myself sometimes too you know I like getting in the room with people but something cool about coming in on your own and just mixing doing a whole morning of mixing on your own it's, yeah. it's cool there, like it. yeah no I think there is a lot of a lot to be said about that and like it's nice to recharge like yeah. I'd use I'd use that to like recharge because um, I find like there is a lot of energy gone that goes into when you're in a co-writer when you're in a production session it's a different yeah, yeah you know course, yeah. there's a lot it, you are expending a lot of 
100%, energy. Yeah. Um, because like that, like pushing that creativity out is it's hard going. Um, you know, yeah, I, think, I find it hard. Yeah, to turn just turn it on, I find that hard. Yeah. You know, I think naturally you're quite good at being creative in any real in any scenario. Like once you kind of cross the threshold of the doors of the studio, you're usually yeah pretty honest. You know, yeah. from what I've seen, anyway. Yeah, like I read, I came in on last week. To, I had Merle in, and God knows we did a we did a cover for a, it's a hot press thing, I believe. Yeah. But uh, we got in, we just started like writing a song straight away. We were looking for sounds for the cover, and we just like spent half the day writing a song, which is cool, and I love that. That's my favorite kind of yeah. unexpected. You know, wrote a whole song. It kind of falls out four or five hours. It, yeah, almost wrote itself. You know that kind of song. Yeah, but that doesn't always happen. But uh, yeah, then we. <laughs> Spent the rest of the day doing the cover, so I think we were here for thirteen hours. <laughs> for your sins, uh, I wouldn't rather spend. I wouldn't. Uh, there's no one I'd rather spend thirteen hours a day with in here. The two boys are, they're full of energy yeah, and they're just great. so nice. I love those guys. Yeah, really, really great. Uh, really talented. Merle just put out a new EP. He did. Yeah, it's class. Yeah, I've been Brilliant. really enjoying it. Rocks, I think, is one of the songs. Brilliant. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Like, I really, really love that song. And um, they just sold out the Olympia with Denise Shyla last mm-hmm. week. So, congrats. Uh, but yeah, um, the creative thing, I think, yeah, it's hard to turn on, but I just get myself, if I know I have a writing session, I will just be prepared, you know, get yeah. an early night, have lots of energy. I think that's the main thing. How else would you prepare for a session like that? It depends, you know. Usually if it's someone like um, I haven't met, I usually have some stuff prepared, you know, some tracks and some ideas. Mm. Um, uh, so, but I don't know. I would say majority of the time they don't get used because I think there's more excitement than something that you just come up with. I usually just start on the piano and just like, just get something going and that usually kind of sparks something exciting. I think in my experience from, from the stuff I do, it's kind of, yeah, it seems to be more exciting just sit down and write something. Well, I'll always have something in the back pocket because mm. you need that too. Because uh, I'm not, if I write something the day before on a track, I might be excited that day and the next day I won't be as excited. You know that way? Yeah. But some, if someone gets excited, here's something that I've done and they go, oh, I love that and I get excited. Then that's cool. It reignites the energy. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that and I'll be like, cool, I love that. But uh, sometimes I won't be as excited. <laughs> I'll be like, it's kind of know? a snowball thing, isn't it? Like yeah. it, it, it ends up where there's that excitement at the outset or like when you're in the room and yeah. you start creating something, it's like, oh, this is cool. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like more starts happening yeah, and it, it starts happening change, quicker. But you need that, ex- it needs to be exciting, fun and exciting, I think. Yeah. Or else, you know, no, that's it. Not going anywhere. Yeah, I think, um, like what I, tend to do is I tend to like latch on to those moments if someone like sends yeah, exactly. something to me and they're like maybe they're sending over something that um I don't know it could be like a song idea or whatever if like I have ideas that are immediately firing mm. I know that that's something that you have to remember that I should get involved in you know yeah and um, then remember that because two hours later you might be like do I really like that mm. and you go like I remember how exciting it was when I heard it first mm. that's a tough thing as well you know, what did I feel like when I heard that chord progression first? Or I heard that beat first. Because uh, you can easily, 
if you spend too much time on something, you'll you, you think you don't like it anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, it, that's the same with anything, really, isn't it? Like, mm. it's just... Yes. Making sure you latch on to those moments and you keep those moments present as best you can and, yeah. you know, try your best to yeah. not lose sight of that goal because that's what you're looking for. You're looking to create that excitement. And that's, yeah. I think a very important role that we as producers have is mm. to make sure that we're imparting that emotion or or whatever emotion it, it needs to be. It could be a, yeah. a somber feeling or it could be yeah. um it could be anything, it could be, you know, anger, it could be whatever. Yeah. You need to impart that into the song and trying to make like you just have to try not to forget that. Yeah. Um because I think your initial reaction to things like you said you know when you're excited about listening to something yeah. but like there's something else that comes with that I think yeah. that goes kind of in parallel and it's the like how does that make you feel emotionally as well yeah. as just being excited and to try and make sure that that stays I find can be quite tough sometimes yeah 100%. I think I've learned over time to really hook into it like sink my teeth into it and really mm. kind of grab onto it hard but it's tough to try and like when you're I think making production choices it can be kind of easy but in terms of like trying to really nail that whole vision yeah it can be quite difficult sometimes yeah it's tough as producers as well because we're looking for like tech technical stuff and I find that I have to reel myself in a bit in terms of what in terms of the emotion, so as I say, like, I might go, oh, this take sounds better on the mic, you know? I like the way the plosives are hitting or blah, 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 but it might not be the right take, mm. you know? Um, or something like that, you know? I'm going for the technically good stuff where you kind of want to go for the emotion, like you're talking about. Yeah. You know? Uh, in, in a vocal take or whatever. It's, you know, and that's important. I, I, I had to kind of check myself with that stuff because... Uh, that's most important. The emotional people want to listen to it and go, right? I feel like they want to feel something. And, yeah, I think, and I can, I can sometimes go too technical and go, "This is the right thing to do." Yeah, technically, but it might not be the right choice. Yeah, I think there, like, I think sometimes there is that perfection in the imperfection. Yeah, and I've, I've definitely gotten better at realizing that. Like, yeah. you could have a de- like a re- more recently now. I've had an example of a song where. Um, I was retracking vocals and the demo vocals were the ones that we kept. Oh, yeah. And it was because it was of a point in time, yeah. you know, like the song was of a point in time yeah. and the way it was performed was of a point in time. And it's like, you can't recreate that. No, you can't like, you could very hard. do One your best things to do. You could do your best, but like the feeling yeah. is you can't recreate yeah. the I exact totally same thing. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. And when it's on a record yeah. is like, it, to me, that's the most important thing is like how it feels. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect technically, which I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. But, I only it happened to me recently with the Gav Gav records. So we're doing five songs. One of the songs in the vocal, we used half the vocal from the his demo because 
it just had the motion. He goes, that's the one. That's yep. that one has, and it's not perfect either. It's not perfect vocal take, but he was he's so wise. He's like, he's he's like, bro, there's a fucking million amazing singers out there, you know, and people know I can sing, so whatever. He's like, this one has emotion, so that's the one we should use. And I'm like, okay, it's it's so, it's <laughs> you know? funny. It's and I agree with him, but you know, I'm like, it wasn't the perfect. Ta- you're, I'm like fighting that. I want to get the perfect take, but yeah. it's not the right choice, and I know that. But um, yeah, I can struggle with that sometimes. To be something good I don't like the person you're being The ground feels uneven Here where we stood It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because like that's something I never would have considered being a part of the process. Yeah. Back when I didn't know what it was or when I like yeah. joined first, you know, I didn't necessarily think it's like, oh, actually, emotion and feeling is equally yeah. as important as that technical thing. Yes, so like, exactly. if not more important yeah. sometimes, you know, I think that like, like even in instruments, like the way something is played, you might glance over a bum note and a piano but it might be the best thing for the record you know what I mean like if you go and try and redo that that might just yeah man you know it might take away it might suck all of that out you know 100% so like that's important that's important thing to learn as yeah as a producer or a songwriter whatever that's the moments that's what people are listening to they don't give they don't give a fuck if you're using a fucking 10 grand microphone they don't care (laughs) like yeah obviously stuff has to sound technically good enough you know to play on the radio or put on a record or whatever but like uh people don't give a they don't care about that stuff yeah they care about listen to this oh i really love this song and the way that they sing it and like i really love whatever you know Mm. they don't care in the songwriting process for you do you find that that is something you carry through or how does that work for you at at the early stages of a songwriting process the emotional stuff kind of yeah like how would you find that you're you're like trying to create that from the get go. The get go, or is it yeah. mainly just are you just focused on melody and lyrics at the first outset, or like what do you like? What's your kind of goal there? The goal is yeah. And the the ultimate goal is to create an amazing song, obviously. But like, yeah, you know what? What's yeah. the kind of like? How would you approach the start of a songwriting session, say, um, or if you were writing a song yourself? Just uh, yeah, I guess you're focused on getting a good, good melody, lyrics that connect, and then if it's a great singer, you know they might just go up and nail it the first time, mm. you know. Which everyone I work with, they're all great singers. Mm. But no, I'm joking. Um, they, yeah, no, you're looking for that straight away because like at these days when you're writing a song, you're producing a song, you know, you might you might track a vocal and that's the vocal, you know especially when you're in the studio like here like it's, like it's gonna sound great mm. um 
So yeah, you want to get that emotion straight away, which is the best time to get it, like you said earlier. Like yeah, at the outset, it is like it does seem to. I think the point in time thing yeah. tends to hold true for a lot of yes. things. Yeah. Um, a lot of songs I've yeah, done seems it seems to be like a callback the whole time. Yeah. Like it seems to be something's like, well, hang on, actually, I think this is. Yeah, really if someone's good. feeling that emotion while they're singing it, then that's it. Like yeah. you know, they've got it, and then you can come, yeah, you can retrack. Diff, I don't know different parts, choruses, and double them up and stuff like that. You can do that later, mm. but uh, yeah, a lot of time you're getting that vocal take straight away. Um, but yeah, it's important. Uh, just melodies, best things. Get a melody. If you think it's good, try and beat it, and then you know, mm. same with the lyrics, and just keep going and going until you think you have the best version of what you have. You know. Um, it's hard to know that though isn't it very hard yeah very hard like when it is that best version yeah Until, like behind hindsight, hindsight's a great thing that's isn't the it trick, yeah. well um, that's why I surround myself with great songwriters you know mm. who uh, who know better than me <laughs> you know um, well they're coming to you for that same point as well like, yeah, you, know, like you know on the production aspect or well, whatever well know? that's a good point you know and you know yourself you surround yourself with super talented people like then you know each doing different each of all these people have such strong skills and talents like yeah. um and that's the best way to get best the best songs and best productions how important um on that on that point how important do you think it is to hand off things you know like how important do, super important and that's another thing i've struggled with is, you know as in like handing over a production for mixing go. or you know that's kind of where I'm like how do you oh production for mixing well, I, well I love that let it go <laughs> I don't have to worry about it anymore but yeah no but there's like I suppose like let, letting go of that like at the other you know what you were just speaking about mm. outside of that mm. um, I think it's important to hand things off as well yeah um, because you know like you said, everyone else has their own strengths and you have your own strength mm. and you've kind of done, everyone's doing yeah. their bit to just push it to the next level. Yeah. But I suppose, uh, technically, yeah, let's like use that example then, yeah. you know, handing off like something you've produced from, to mix, so for someone else to mix. Yeah. I think a lot of people nowadays, because the information is so openly available and, you know, yeah. uh, let's, let's face it, like software has become cheaper. Yeah. Like accessibility for a lot of, mm. you know, people who are making their own music and writing their own music mm. and recording their own music are then mixing mm. and mastering their own music as well. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that there's a lot to be said for handing it off. Yeah. Um, what, like, as in, like, handing it off to people who yeah. specifically work in different areas. Yes. Like, as in, like, bringing your song to a producer who you trust and who you like their work yeah. and then going to a mix engineer that you like yeah. the work that they've done and yeah. master and engineer same I, thing I think that still has a big place big time yeah because there's just guys who are you know like I'm working with Dan Grek on the Gav album and it's just he's on another level like there's no mm. way I could get that stuff to that level and I don't think there's a lot of people who could mm. um, you know he, he's he's brilliant like um I just send him stuff. He sent back a first mix and you're just like, wow. Like, I thought That's I had it. it. I <laughs> thought, I was like, I thought my mix was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, bro. <laughs> like, this is uh, a game changer. Nah, well, like, you know, there's just this, there's a, there's an extra element that these guys, these guys are, you know, they're on and a little bit of a level. I'd like to get there at some stage and mm. I think yourself and myself can probably get there. Yeah. You know. I like to think uh, so, Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, you're like, every time I get a bit of better, I mix and I notice 
how much better I can get. You know that way? It's like yeah. you open your eyes more. The better you get, the more you open your eyes. Yeah. And then I listen to certain mix, I'm like, oh, I'm still missing this sort of depth or width or there's something like getting better all the time, you know, but um, yeah, I love that. Hand it off. Someone like that, Dan Grek or like um, Adam Hawkins who did some of the academic stuff. Mm. It's uh, it's brilliant. And then more recently, the Roshino, the Phil McGee's doing that. He's, uh, he's smashing that, you know, like, I, like, like I'd love to. His mixes are just so clean. Brilliant. Like, so. <laughs> They're yeah, so clean. Like, Full disclosure, myself and Cormac both like worked with Phil very early on in their careers, I think, yeah, as like not, additional producers, kind of like yeah, people coming in as programmers and stuff. Yeah. And I would have worked with Phil when I was in my band Cities yeah. and he mixed our songs and they just sounded amazing. He's brilliant, man. He's just great. He's a um, brilliant, lovely guy. Anyway, lovely sorry man. for cutting across you there. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, so we're, I'm working with Phil on that and that's great too because... Yeah, I don't know, send it off and I know it's going to sound good. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Job done. Um, so yeah, love yeah. it. Um, I just like to, uh, I want to say as well that I'm not like punching down on people who are doing their own stuff no, all no, together. I think there's that, like yeah. And I'm lot. doing the same thing. I do a mix of both. Like I yeah. said, I mix the, the new Lavengro tune and I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> pretty happy with it. <laughs> but like in my head, I'm like, I, I could still get more out of yeah. what I'm doing, you know, but I'm not, yeah. I think it's great that people are doing it all themselves and I do a mixture of both. And pe- it's funny because like I send stuff to people to mix, people send stuff to me to mix, I mix my own stuff. It's mm. like, it's also good just to have a different ear, you know, and, That's, like, and have a so different perspective. Much, so much merit to it. It doesn't mean that someone might not necessarily be a better mixer as well. In some, like, some cases it is, but like, you know, it might be just good to have someone else ha- have an ear and have a go mm. and see what happens. So it's great. You mentioned like about improving the process and how you can get to the next level. What, like how do you actively pursue that? Just being a nerd, you know, watching, like you said, watching that mix. (laughs) Watching videos. YouTube. That stuff. The biggest thing I've ever learned is working with really, really good mix engineers because I send them track and I know what I've done and I know what I've sent them and then it comes back and that's such a huge learning process for me because I can hear what they've done to what I've created, like, you know, and go, oh, shit, look at this. Mm. They've taken this and kind of, you know, they put it here, they've added the depth on this, or what, I don't know, like, you know, it's just, that's been, that, like, out of everything is the most experience I've got. So, uh, that, and then just, yeah, just my own research. And, just doing more of it. The more mixing I've done, the more experience and the more, more, the better I get. And what about in other aspects of your work, like production and songwriting? How do you try and further your just knowledge? Just being as active as possible. Yeah. yeah. Just doing it. Yeah. Even with production now, I'm not watching as many, I used to be flat out watching production videos. I still do, but you can't account for experience in the suit yeah. that's that's the biggest you also like I, I don't know I feel like you don't want to lose your own touch either you don't want to lose your yeah. fingerprint it's funny like yeah because like I feel like sometimes like I should be like maybe watching more video I'm like but no I'm just doing doing my own thing and it's, sometimes it's better mm. but uh, yeah just uh, experience yeah that's the that's it like 
doesn't matter at anything. It's just the more experience you have, the more the the more you get out of it. Over everything, I think. Mm. Like once you have the skills and stuff, which you know, you learn over time. But the experience of just being in the room and doing twelve-hour production sessions, like you know, constantly. Um, yeah. And what is, is there something that you haven't done yet or conquered yet that you would like that you're really keen to do? To do or yeah. to achieve or yeah, like it, you know, whether it be like you said earlier, like doing a heavier record with someone and like yeah. going somewhere for a week and doing that, or whether it be an accolade that you're looking for or is there like a plan do you have a plan I never have a plan ever man yeah. I just see it I comes knew, at me I knew that the listeners, yeah. <laughs> the right, listeners. so you know this yeah. I never have a plan it just happens man everything I've done is just fucking happens and like it's great um, but like not by accident like like I'm always just flat out working but like I never like even look that far ahead I just go like what's next and what am I doing now and like, yeah, even doing that Gav album, I kind of, it just kind of hap- almost happened by accident, mm. you know, in a way, because like, I knew Gav a little bit and I knew Mark, I had done some writing with Mark. With Mark, yeah. So I kind of fell into that and they were like, oh, we need someone to just produce these tracks. Started off as two, I think, and then went to three, four, five. So like, I never planned that much ahead. And like, that's a prime example where it's just like, Oh, that happened, and now that's done, you know, and it's yeah. it's brilliant. <laughs> but uh, I would like to do. I think I'd like to do more pop stuff right now. Maybe something a bit more electronic. Oh yeah, I'm pretty good at that. But I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that that was probably yeah. like one of your strongest yeah. points back in the day. Like, yeah. So I think I'd like to do that maybe in in near future. Something a bit more. Uh, yeah, electronic pop. And then I want to maybe, I don't know, go to the Grammys or something. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. You'll get there before me. I'd love to go. I'll race I'd love you. to just go. You just want to be... Just go. Nominate. No, no, you have to be nominated. Like. <laughs> just go. I don't want to just everyone. go. That's not much of an achievement. Just yeah. got there. Well, went, scalped a ticket or something. But, you know, like... No. I know I don't need mean. to win. Maybe uh, I get a Grammy nomination for something. You That'd know, be nice. You never know. That's the dream. That's the dream. Or like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think about it too much. I just kind of plow on. No better man to plow on. <laughs> to be fair. No better man to do it. You just, well, you just get up and like, but that's the thing I admire most about you. You just fucking get on with it. You know, you really do. Yeah. And like, um, I think it's just a testament to like, the where you are now is a testament to that and like uh, the work that you've done to this date like you just fucking do it and you do the best that you can and that's I think what I can promise I put every ounce of me into everything that I do I yeah. don't do things half arsed no. Um, no, no and if I take it on I'll do it um and it might, be, it might take me a little longer than I said it would <laughs> but I will put 100% <laughs> into everything you heard and it here I think first. that's important Everything. If you're going to do it, do it right, you know? Yeah. doesn't matter what job you're doing, just do it right. No, I don't go corners. Like, I do the production, and I do gigs, I put 100% to that. You know, I don't just go, I don't just show up and do it, like, 
you know, if you're there, you're there and do it right. That's that's kind of if I had a motto, it'd be something like that. Show up and just give a hundred percent. Yeah. There you, there you go. Now you can write it on the door on the way in. Yeah. Carve it into the door. <laughs> Carve it into the door. The screwdriver. Um, thanks so much for chatting. I know that. No like, problem. We chat every fucking day. I'm we chat every too day. Yeah. Lay home because I chat here for you. Yeah. No, you for an yeah. hour and talk about plug. We never talked about plugins. We actually didn't talk about plugins, <laughs> but I think there's more. <laughs> there's there's more to it than plugins. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're looking at big picture stuff. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. We could chat about plugins for two hours, myself and yourself. Yeah, for a hundred percent. I got sued recently, actually. Well, yes. why not? Let's 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 read. Let's, let's just do, do a little this. bit. You can edit it in. Yeah. I got sued. You got sued. I. It's so good. Uh, it's great. It saves a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> it saves it's a lot so, of time. No, but it's so good for just like cutting the shit out. You know, like it, all of those and, horrible frequencies. And you can get pretty aggressive with it as well. You can, yeah. Uh, yeah, flatten, I like it. Can, it. it can flatten things out big time. Yeah. Um, I I use it. Yes. When I got it first, it was on everything, and now I've kind of you know, I still use it. I use it on vocals, of course. Anything that's just. Like the other day, I was mixing something and I had like a feedback thing going into a chorus, like a guitar, and it was cool. Mm. It was awful. When you turned it up the volume, it was like to rattle your brain, you know, yeah. that sort of frequency, that sort of high mid, sort of Ugh. horrible. Shrill. Uh, yeah, really shrill. So, Sued is brilliant. It's expensive though, man. Jesus. Yeah, I was worth it. I think. Did I get out in sale? I think 200 quid I paid for it. Two, no, 200 quid is what it costs. Yeah. It was 130 in the Black Friday sale. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah it's well worth it. I would recommend um, if you're mixing and stuff. Uh, what else are your go-tos? Uh, well, in the same world, like with the EQ or dynamic EQ, the the Fab Filter, of course. Pro-Q3. Pro-Q3. It's, yeah. it's just a brilliant plugin. Now that they've added the dynamics and the, even the side chain. Side chain, and, yeah. The sidechain dynamics, and, and it, it even has this little, like, frequency thing where you can sidechain to, like, you know, your bass and your kick, but it'll show you exactly where you... you where each is clashing. Cut. So even if you don't want to sidechain it dynamic, you can kind of, like, just cut out the frequencies normally with, like, EQ, regular EQ. Um, that's fucking... What a plug-in. Uh, yeah, helps fab, a lot for mixing. Fab filters, great. I use their DSer as well. I know you use the multiband a lot. I uh, use the multi, yeah. I use the multiband. I've stopped because I have Pro Q three now. Yes, um, I upgraded recently. I was that's basically a multiband. I was using Pro Q two. Yeah, it is a multiband compressor as well as a as well as a you know an EQ. But I have stopped using multiband so much on other tracks. Yeah, I'll usually use it on a bus if I'm okay. trying to like just tighten it up. Yeah, like a drum bus sort of. Less less drum bus actually, oh, more yeah. so harmony buses. Like as in, okay, yeah, as in like synths, keys, yeah, guitars, stuff like that. Just if there's any like control them a bit, pokey yeah. frequencies or like stuff that just needs to kind of be controlled yeah. a bit more. I find it quite easy to do it with that, and yeah. it, it makes it really 
straightforward because of the spec mm. the spectrograph. Like it's so easy to see everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brilliant. And I'll I I do still use it on the master bus. Yeah. The MB the multi band. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What else are you buzzing off? Uh, I used uh, so Gem Dopamine by Overload so good man I saw so good I, I love this one because I saw it originally in uh, so um, one of the guys from Disclosure oh on the was live guy, stream on yeah, Twitch it was Guy on Twitch and they were going through one of their I can't remember which song it was it yeah. was one off was it one off the new record must have been one off the new record yeah. and they were like on the vocal bus. We put this thing on it called Gem yeah. Dopamine. <laughs> and you're just like, what? And like when they were like, because you you can the mix knobs. The, the mix knobs are incredible. The dry wet, like yeah, it's yeah. so good, so good. And um, like the control that you have over, but even like the compression one, it's just like it's a distressor. It's like the um empirical OTT. labs thing. Like a, oh yeah, it's like that OTT, but like better because it's more. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, quality. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I put it on all my vocal buses. Just glues everything you, together you, so you put tightly. You on the BVs as well? BV bus and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. you can. There's like a really nice uh, preset and you can just kind of tweak it for BVs. Yeah, cool. And then you can like just blend the two. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, And then for parallel compression, I use the API 2500. I love that plugin. It's yeah. a fucking excellent plugin. The Waves... I use both. I use the Waves and I use the UAD sometimes. Yeah, you use a lot of UAD plugins, don't you? Yes, I have a few go-tos, yeah. So that's one of them. The Waves sometimes works better, the API. Mm. On drums, live drums especially. And I won't even do it in parallel. On live drums, I'll put it on the bus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but the UAD one has a mix knob, so mm. it's very handy. But I find that some, there's something cooler with the Waves one. It just smashes drums with, in a cool, really cool way. And the, the UAD one does... It's like the UAD one is more like true to the, the box, maybe. I don't know, because I, I haven't used them. But there's something like cool about the Waves one that sometimes works better. So it's one or the other for I, me on them. I just love the, char- I love the characteristics of the sound that yeah, it gives you on drums. Like it, 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 For me, I, like, I won't have a drum bus without a parallel using that plugin. Yeah. I just can't yeah. abide by it. Like, I, I really can't. And I what I tend to do is I tend to put, like, a room reverb on it as yeah. well. So That's the like, thing. If it's you, like you're putting it into a chamber, essentially, and you're really cranking, yeah, you're really like, cranking the mic up. Yeah, because, if you're up. doing electronic drums, you don't need to put a, a bus compressor on the drums, really. Like, it's like, they're not going to be hugely dynamic. As, they're not going to be helps. as dynamic as a, as a kit. I'll, pu- I'll put my hand up and say it does help. No, I think. In parallel it works, I mean. Oh, in parallel. Well, I wouldn't put it on on top of the drums. There's not, generally there's not as much need to put no. it. No. But if you're doing live drums, I put I would put it on the drum on bus, the bus and I crushed it, the drum kit down. I love that sound. I, in parallel, uh, the other day I was doing electronic, mixing a song with like 808 electronic um, dance beat sort of. Yeah. So I did it like you. I put it in parallel, and like you said, it gives it that lovely. It's the way sound. you can blend it, you know, and what yeah. I find is really nice as well is if you do like if you side chain it, yeah, to the drum bus. Like if you side chain the parallels yeah, so to the drum bus a little bit. and turn the release way down, right, and the attack way down, so you're getting all of that. You're getting all of the nice sizzly characteristics yes. of the of the like decay. Yeah, but you're not. But you're not getting the impact. The, the impact is coming from 
the actual drums themselves. So it's, it adds space. It's like you're adding a room to your, like, say you've got an electron drum, you're adding this sort yeah. of fake room chamber, like you said. So it's adding depth and probably a bit of width and just a little bit of crunchy, whatever. Mm. It's great. Yeah. No, it is. Good it's tip. fun. That's th- like, that's something about the process and like even the mixing process, particularly the mixing process. That's exciting part of it, isn't That it, really? I've like really fell in love with is the mm. fact that like you're, you're exploring and experimenting with all these different things. Mm. And like, even um, you mentioned to me, and this is like, a, an, I'm, I'm not going to say an industry secret. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like such a cheat code, but Go it on. was like amazing to me when you told me about it. Oh, what I thought, what is yeah. it? Soft tube saturation knob on, oh, the, on the master bus. It's great, isn't it? It's, oh my God. The saturation is key, man. The way people, that's what I learned from these guys. These fucking brilliant mix engineers, Andrew Sheps. You can hear, you Your can faith. hear this subtle saturation that's going on, even in the, like the low end kick drums, and and it's like sounds all like parallel sort of stuff, but it's just like it's, you know what I'm really hopping off. Like, go on then. The UAD Studer A800 tape machine, and put that on the drums, man. It's unbelievable. I like. I have to say, I feel like I'm missing out so much on the fact that like I don't use UAD plugins. Yeah, like you get on another plugin, probably. It's a tape. It's the first tape emulation that I'm like really when I crank it and you get that sort of tape saturation. I'm really like really in love with mm. because I've I've got all the other. I've got tons of them. I got the Kramer and the J37. The Kramer is really nice. I like the Kramer. But I use that stuff, but the studer, when you put it on drums and crank it, it's just really getting me going these days. <laughs> really getting me going. I can tell. There's a big smile on his face. On the drum, I'm putting on a drum bus, like. Jesus. And is cranking dry- it, so it's almost like just breaking up a little bit. Is there a dry wet on there as well? There's not. But it just it doesn't ruin your sound. Um, so you're, it what? almost adds more low end. It, it, that's the only thing. It can, it, it can round out your low end a bit much. Uh, so you have to be careful of that. So are you like, um, are no, you always. are you just like it's barely hitting the thing? Like you're just kind of. It's like you can push it to a point where it starts breaking up. That's what I do with the saturation knob and the mix. That's mixables. the same thing. So it's, it's like same, yeah. I, I'm I'm making sure that the kick drum's hitting it exactly. And when the kick drum is hit, and like it's what I, I find it, what it. I find it great for is when you can automate it. Um, automation, I think, is, is. I mean, we could have another two hour conversation oh, course, on automation yeah, alone, yeah. but that's another thing. Yeah, you'll like, learn, is it? I think that. When, like automating the saturation knob on the mix bus is great for creating intensity yeah yeah and like I found with a lot of songs I've mixed lately or like have been even in production world it's great for just like having there as some kind of template for what yeah. you want to do Um, I find that the more like you can attack it in such a way that like it I don't know like saturation is just so versatile it's yeah you know it really is just incredibly versatile and the way that you approach saturation is like (laughs) i don't know it can make or break a track sometimes like i I was always afraid of it like like i don't want to oversaturate things and ruin it because it can ruin sound all it needs is a touch like yeah and that's the thing once you learn how to use it properly exactly um but once you unlock that like it's yeah it's key man I was listening to um, one of the songs I'm learning is MGMT. Uh, what's it called? Kids. No, the other one. Um, electric feel. Electric feel. Banger. 
and the drums on that. If you listen to the drums on that, they're it's the same sound, that Studer sound I'm talking about. Quite crunched. Cracked in, like yeah. it's probably a real dr- uh, tape machine or whatever. It sounds unbelievable. That's so what, good. Do you know who I love for the way that they process their drums? And yeah. it's the same way, the Count. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. The Count. Yeah. yeah, he's great, man. Um, he, the way he processes his drums is he like, everything is a sample, yeah. but he'll re-record, he'll like rewire it into yeah, a fucking a tape, tape machine. machine. yeah. And then he'll like crank, he'll crank up the tape distortion. I don't know how he manages to do it, but yeah, like, if you get it, if you get it just great. right, yeah, yeah, that's the trick. So good, yeah, so good. Um, what about creative plugins? What have you got going? Creative, like instruments. I mean, I quite like the Tal version of the Juno. Yeah, it's of the Juno, really good. It's got it's 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 got like I would say it has ninety percent of that that vibe from the low end of the real Juno. Yeah, I think it's very close. But you can add like again a little bit of saturation or whatever. Yeah, but like the sub, it's it's pretty fucking Sub's close. pretty accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. I find like what I was di- like we used to have a real Juno in the studio, and then one of the the guy who owned it, he he uh, he left. He wouldn't sell it to me. Wouldn't sell. <laughs> Which is a shame. Yeah, we'll, we'll really find like one. It. Yeah, like and I've had I've put that on so many fucking songs, and yeah. so have you. I have, yeah. yeah. I have the live one, like so good. Like for anything, it's like that instrument itself is just like the most versatile, isn't it? For something that does something so specific, it's, it's so, so like, versatile. You can use as well. it for chords. You can use it for bass. Yeah. You can use it for lead. The you can bass. use it for like effects, since like sweeps and yeah. stuff. It's those, it's, the LFO on it is amazing. Like, uh, it's I, crazy like cool, I so. just think it's like I'd love to have one again. You know, I'd really love yeah. to have one again. Can I saw that? a Jupiter up for sale. Oh, that's a different recently, piece, though, but it's a uh, it had Juno Banks in it. But I don't know. It looked a bit. No, I would I would get Juno or the Prophet, like a Prophet Six. Prophet Six, yeah. I always tried one of them recently, and I fell in love with it. That in the clinic. No, it was blank to James, James, James Vincent McMurrow. Yeah, uh, he I had a land of his one, and it was yeah. I fell in love with it, the Prophet Six, but uh, it's like three grand. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, um, I think if I had uh, have the money, I would pick one up, but uh, not right now. <laughs> 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 or ever <Not> me. <laughs> yeah like I'm, I think it sounds you love it it sounds like the Juno it's great yeah but I have I used the soft the Arturia version of it the Prophet yeah. 5 I think the real one is just way better yeah I think the the, the Arturia is good but that the real one you just turn it on and you just like go through the patches and everything sounds good it's got the arpeggiator it's got everything it's, it's really really good sound and synth yeah Dave's and like even the OB6 as well is quite nice I know that Alex O'Keefe uses that a lot Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. he is someone that I think is going to be a massive rising star in terms of production um, yeah. over the next couple of years like he's working with loads of artists now but like how he's not fucking doing like massive things already I don't know I think it's a matter of time yeah but um, like I know he uses the OB6 which is another Dave Smith is that the real one or the plug-in uh, he uses the plug-in but yeah. A lot of plugins are great. You plugins know are I mean? fucking class, like, you know. Getting better and better. That Terry stuff, I got the new, the version 5 or whatever. Mm. Really, really good. I'm using it a lot. I love the the, the whirly sounds and stuff that they're getting. They're just really, mm. really on it. You know, on the, all the synths. And what I've been thinking more so lately that I would like to have is 
some kind of like drum pad, like the ba- like the machine or something. Or yeah, Merley was using that last week. Yeah, and it's cool. I like the way he was using it, just like going through like all his samples, and he can like edit on the on the fly. And then we were like, oh, he was then sending me loops and stuff, and it was like really cool way of working. Yeah, I think like that would be a good because like, I'd be a drummer by trade. Yeah, um, yeah, which a lot of people wouldn't know, I guess, and. I find like my strength is in drums and percussion. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, just like even we're working on whatever I've been working on. I think like that's where my strength yeah. seems to continuously come out. Um, and I'd love if I could like have more of a feel to the samples. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's like the next step for me is to get something yeah, like that. I think that would benefit you a lot. And you, I think. Yeah. And I have all the, I, I have all the native instruments. I bought the full complete collection, so it's fully integrated with the machine. Mm. So it would be great to get into that for me as well. Just really important to have new ways as well to kind of be creative, to get excited. Yeah, about challenging that. yourself. Like new instruments key. and new like that. It is an instrument, you know, in MIDI instrument. Like, yeah. but uh, yeah. Let me think. What else am I buzzing off? We'll do okay. one more buzzing off, and then <laughs> I am going to buzz off because I'd say oh, we have to go. I'd say, well, no, not even that. <laughs> I'd say it. we've lost <laughs> lost so many people to the technical part of. Oh like, yeah, look at these, t- look at these two nerds. Look at these two nerds talking <laughs> about plugins. <laughs> um, we should make it a weekly thing. A weekly thing, yeah. Nerd fucking, um, yeah, I don't know. There's tons. I use Masterbus. I'm using a UAD. And then um, SSL. What are you using on the Masterbus from the UAD site? Is it called the UAD Masterbus? No, the SSL. Oh, the SSL Masterbus compressor, yeah. I use the Waves version. Yeah, I use that uh, pretty a lot. And another one I use is the Manly, the variable Mu, MU it's called. It's fucking brilliant on the Masterbus. That's that's like the mastering console, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a, a, in real life, it's a, it's like a, a rack unit. I think that Richard Dowling, our our friend, master and engineer Richard yeah. Dowling from Limerick, I think he, uh, I think yeah, he has an actual has one. They're brilliant. One, yeah, yeah, it's really good. And the UAD one is, I use that a lot, just to kind of tighten up that master bus, but also adds sort of lovely, pleasing sort of mid range sort of thing. Mm. I can't quite explain. And then, yeah, another trick from Phil. It's using the one knob, the waves one knob. Yeah. Mix centric. Oh yeah. Greg, yeah. Wells. Greg, Greg Wells. That's a fucking cool plugin, man. Yeah, I don't know why. Plug-in. Sometimes I just try that on and crank it a bit and it just The Mix Fairy Dust. Mix Fairy yeah, Dust. Yeah, man, it works. Yeah. I like it. It's uh it, it is really, really good. I find it's great for like finishing a mix off. Yeah, yeah. It's got like that nice bright top end. It doesn't compress too much. Yeah, it does something to the low mids that like like cleans them up a little bit, yeah. I think. And adds it's doing a lot the more you do it adds subtle saturation EQ curve compression yeah. only when you push it hard I think it does compression but yeah. it's a cool little thing there's a it's lot great. going on for that one knob thing yeah and then yeah. there's like what I use uh, I'd use this ahead of that in the chain would be the Drama S73 Master oh, Bus Compressor yeah, that's right, yeah, by yeah. Softube I got it for free with like my with my interface mm. like five years ago yeah it's on every master bus I use because, and it's got the, so like you can't actually get into parameters with it. Mm. There's only like 
there's only like a load of settings and then a gain reduction knob. Okay, yeah. And then what else is there? There's gain reduction, there's like and then there's a dry wet and a gain knob. Oh cool, cool. So it's fucking class because what you can do is like I find that there's like a, it's the first setting on it called Clarity One. Yeah. And it's really good for like brightening up a mix bus. Because mm-hmm. what you're doing is essentially, uh, well, what I do is I flatten everything off. Everything sounds kind of nice and round. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get to the master channel and I'll put that on it. Mm-hmm. And it just opens, opens everything up. up. Yeah, I love that. But yeah. then you turn the dry wet down to, I usually put it to like 50%. Oh, you mix it, yeah. And, and just like mix it to taste yeah. and it's so nice. Like yeah. about minus four game reduction yeah. on it. Oh, it's just, ugh. It, it's yeah. life changing stuff. Like it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, especially with that dry wet, the way you yeah, can kind of blend. Yeah. You're not squashing it completely. Oh God, no. Yeah. No, no, no. You need to make sure that you... Leave that for Richard. Leave that for Richard, yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's at. Yeah, 100%. Um, Right, I'm going to wrap it up there so right, we don't yeah. lose, you know, we. I think we've done a little bit for everyone. We've done a bit for the musos <laughs> and we've done a bit for the nerds. Um, so thanks for this re-record. No problem. I certainly think it's a lot more fruitful than the last one. And, um, that was shit last time. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, though. I'm joking. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was great to, like, put it on record because I think that we do talk a lot in here about... Yeah. what we do and yeah. it's nice to share the process with other people I think as yeah. well because knowledge is power yeah Um, and like there's nothing to be gained I think by holding no anything back I never I never was Um, I never subscribed to that way of thought you no. know of, uh, hiding things and going oh like this is my trick and I'm not going to tell anyone like who cares if someone's better than you they're better than you <laughs> <laughs> They don't need your little trick, you know Such what I mean? A humble man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be. I just, I, know, I really jo- don't see I'm the only, point. I'm you know? only joking. If I'm someone joking. like, you know, if someone goes, "Oh, what's that trick?" or "What's that kick drum?" No butter. You can have it. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. No. So, well, uh, share the wealth and share the knowledge. Hundred percent. I like and to hear from other people. So yeah. Well, long may it continue yeah. in here. Um, Absolutely. You know, and um, you've got a million and one things coming out so no doubt your name is going to be everywhere over the next couple of months so you'll see me somewhere but definitely uh, well I'll see you I don't know tomorrow you will <laughs> <laughs>
you know, have these conversations with very many people and like-minded uh, people who are as nerdy and stuff as you are. I'm very fortunate that, you know, I shared a studio with Cormac and we do get a lot of chances to, you know, chat about these things and learn from each other and stuff like that. But I think you can definitely hear that in the chat. So that's it for this month's Before the Encore. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, no Encore is the main uh, umbrella podcast of Before the Encore. It wouldn't be possible without Dave and Craig. I just want to say thank you very much to the guys, as always, um, supporting my, my my spiels and my rambles and all the rest of it and giving me a platform to talk to people behind the scenes. And I, I just don't think enough people do it. So I'm very, very grateful for them. Uh, no Encore comes out every Friday. We've got periodicals and No Popcorn, which is a music-based a music-based movies deep dive podcast and we've, we're also on Patreon patreon.com slash no encore where you can find bonus content uh, breakdowns playlists and our monthly no ox cord which is a recommends corner I'm also a part of that it's where I get my chance to stick my spoke in as well in the pod and chat to the guys and have some fun so uh, patreon.com slash no encore if you haven't signed up please 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 consider signing up and thank you to anyone who is a member of the Patreon already we love you, we appreciate you and you are the reason that we are able to do this and we're able to expand the show and continue having these chats and interviews and doing the things that we love doing. Um, so thank you, thank you so much. Before the Encore, I'll be back next month, last Monday of March um, with another guest, another music industry guest. Um, as always, I really look forward to putting these out. This is such a personal passion of mine, speaking to these people and I learn a lot from these, the, uh, these chats and um, I really hope that uh, the listeners do too. Um, I think that there's a lot to be taken from it, regardless as to whether you're an artist, whether you're not, whether you're in the industry and an aspiring, you know, producer, mix engineer, manager, whatever. Um, I think there is a lot to be taken from from these episodes, um, even if it's just a little piece of knowledge. Like I think people, even who aren't in the music industry, could take an awful lot from what we chat about here. Um, I really do, I really do, uh, you know, feel very strongly about. Um, you know what we do behind the scenes and i think it's so so important to shed a light so once again thank you so much for listening we will be back next month this is before the encore there will be no encore i've been sonic architect adam shanahan and i'm back next month Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.